Hello, friends. Welcome back to the IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B., and we are happy to be here on this fine Wednesday evening. I want to thank everyone that has joined me here. This is the Wednesday Live Show, and I have told you guys in the past we are going to start to be doing a mix of audio podcast along with the live podcast. We will continue to do live, but we will be mixing in some quick, regular interviews. I'm also going to be doing some reviews similar to what I'm doing tonight, although tonight is not really a full review. In fact, I don't even know if Synology knows I'm doing this, but I am just because I can. So, again, folks, if you are just joining us for the very first time, you've stumbled upon the podcast. The IT Business Podcast is your podcast for IT business support. This is the show where we help you try to run your business better, smarter, and faster. This show is presented to us by... NetAlly, they are the number one ally for network professionals. They provide wired and wireless handheld tools to help you better deploy, manage, and maintain your networks. And tonight's live show is sponsored by Computers Done Right. They are a managed IT service provider in the greater southwest Florida area. They do 24-hour monitoring and help you offload your IT operations. Not only do they do IT, but they also help with web support and social media marketing. So for all those needs, head over to computersdoneright.com. And we thank both of them for their continued support of the show. So tonight I do not have a guest and it was intentional because I knew that I had a long day today and I did not want to have to worry about prepping a guest And if for some reason I ran late, I did not want to uh, miss that opportunity. So uh, I scheduled this as a show that I would do by myself, and it would be pretty much a regular show, and I would see what topics came up. I've had a very interesting week, but I don't really want to talk about those yet because those are not completed, and I don't like to give you half stories. I think once the stories are finished... I can tell you, and some of you will have a good laugh. Some of you will smack or shake your head or whatever the SMH thing is and say, Marvin, what in the world were you thinking? I'll tell you once it's all said and done. And just so that you know, one of them involves my favorite internet service provider, Comcast. And I don't know if this will be filtered out tonight, but just as I was saying that, a big old loud motorcycle rode by. So if it's there, I'm sorry. I apologize. If you don't hear it, thank me for great editing, which I don't do. So um, I do want to go ahead and start off the show. If you had seen the show cover page, I mentioned um, that I'm going to be doing a quick review of the Synology RT2600AC. While I don't consider myself in the same category as a Jason Miller or a Rachel Miller, and as we have found out in the last few days, the winning gene has now been passed on to son Braden, 
and that's just annoying. But I, too, have been lucky over the years, and earlier this year, I was able to win one of these uh, wireless access points slash routers from Synology. Again, it is the 2600 AC model. There is a newer model that is now out, the RT2600AX. Now, for those of you that may have slid over into this podcast and you've watched other YouTube people, you're going to see that I don't have the polish and feel of a professional YouTube review. That is not what this podcast started out to be. That's not where my skills are. So I'm not going to have all of the flashy screens and the cutaway shots and all of that stuff. I'm just going to tell you, I got the device. I can show you pictures of what it looks like, but for the most part, it is just your typical uh, router and And as we do that, I'm trying to actually see if I can pull up my screen, but I'm on a different browser, so I can't pull up just a regular picture file to show you what it is. But what I can do, let me see if I even have it as slides. Did I make slides? No, I did not. So imagine me putting up a picture of the Synology RT. Oh, you know what I can do? I can go to an internet page and share that. So why don't I do that? The joys of a live show. Synology. If I could spell, this would be faster. 2600AC. Two-finger typing. Images. And let's just go to our favorite place, Amazon. Because that's where I like for you guys to go. So, I'm going to add this to the stream in there on the Amazon page, which I will have a link to. So that if you should choose to purchase one of these whether it's the AC or the AX, if you use the Amazon link that I provide, it will have a little bit of infer, uh, of money that will come back to support the show. So there it is. It looks like your typical uh, prosumer, con- consumer firewall router. Um, you see that it's got the four antennas that I believe it's the Asus also has. And there's a full frontal of the photo and then the back. And the back is kind of interesting because not only does it have this blue port, which is the WAN port. And if you're listening to this by audio, I'm going to try to describe it as best I can. But on the back of this appliance, there is your typical WAN port and your four LAN ports that you can plug in computer and other devices to. They also have a USB port, and this is important because you can actually use this as a storage device as well by simply plugging in a USB storage device and then allocating storage as a file server. So that is an interesting there thing there. So there are the rest of the pictures, and again, I'll have links in the show note that if you are listening to this by audio, you can go back at some point, pull up the pictures and see what we are talking about. Now, my setup of this device is only the wireless access point. I did not set this up as a router. So before you yell at me for all of that and not being able to review everything, first of all, I don't think I'm ever going to use this as a router. I, of course, am a SonicWall guy, and I have my fallback 
but I just want everybody to know that you can use this as a router. But let me go ahead and share another screen here. And just to give you a quick idea, for those of you that are familiar with Synology, the login, once you get in, is pretty much the same. And as we log in here, I'm going to show you that you're going to come up to a familiar screen, and it's just going to be the Synology dashboard, the same as you would see in one of their NAS devices. So you're going to have the main menu where you can pull up all of the stuff here, their control panel, file station. They have a network center, network tools, a security advisor as well, and then some other stuff. Again, I won't go into detail about all of that, but that is all there. So the places that I went, and I did not go through an extensive research of this before I got into it, but of course I just simply went to the access points. And so as you can see on the screen, and as I will try to describe as best I can audio-wise, there's really not much to the wireless portion. If you get into the wireless section, you pretty much have one SSID that you can set up along with a guest network, and those are in two different locations, so it's not like I'm setting up multiples there, but I did set up my private Synology and then a Synology guest. Now, some of the things that are actually a little special here is you can set up a guest schedule so that you can make it that when they log in, maybe they can only access the network for an hour, three hours, eight hours, one day, one week. So that is good. You can also set up a guest portal that if you want them to uh, actually get, you know, some of those guest portal passes or whatever, you can do that. And then, of course, you have your Mac filter. So that if you want to do some access control uh, at the Mac level, you can do that. You can either allow or deny Mac addresses, and you can apply that to the guest network. Um, so again, pretty basic. They do have, um, your 2.4 and five gigahertz channels. As you can see, there's really not much to it. And then you can go back out to your main dashboard for the Synology and you can get a status. When you go into the network center, you can see that it's connected. It'll give you your IP information. It will give you some monitoring of your internet, your CPU memory. And there are some features in there. Again, I'm not going to go into too much detail there, but it was just something that I thought would be interesting since I got it for free. I'm thinking, could I use this in my environment? Now, my first thought is not going to be using this for a client unless they're really, really small and they have the type of network connection where I can replace their modem slash router and do an all-in-one. One of the features that was touted in this is that this could do coverage up to 3,000 square feet. So for a small office, that is probably about perfect. My office is about 2,000 square feet, so that definitely would cover my office. Some of the other features that they talk about uh, is the 4 gigabit LAN ports, which I showed you, the 3.0 USB that is in there. Uh, there's also an SD card slot, so I'm not sure if that's something that you would use for storage or backup or something else. The speed of the Synology goes up to 2.53 gigabits. 
And if you use it in the router mode, you can get a dual WAN connection. You can also do things like set up profiles for users to actually log in and do stuff. And I saw, I mentioned in the uh, features that you can do time management with scheduling and content filtering. And the screen that I have up now, which is under the network center, you can choose whether you're going to use this simply as a wireless router where you can connect it to a DSL or cable modem. You can use that as a wireless access point, which is what I've done here in my network. And you can set it up as a wireless repeater. So if you do have a few of these, you can set up kind of like a mesh network and do that. So again, don't know if I would use this in any of my regular clients, but for a really small office or for, you know, space where you don't need a ton of coverage, this might be an option. So that is that. So I'm going to stop sharing that screen. And now I want to show you when I consider wireless access points, the way that I consider them is, of course, most of us would probably just pull up our phone or tablet and use the wireless apps that come in our system, Dr. Wi-Fi or the Ubiquity Wi-Fi Man, uh, some of those things, and just kind of do our own testing that way. Now, even though NetAlly is a sponsor, I'm not doing this for their benefit, but because I have the NetAlly Etherscope, I use the Etherscope to do my testing. And currently in my office, I have three access points set up. I have a ruckus that I've had in here for, I'm going to say almost three years. I have a ruckus uh, R710. It is an older model. It is a Wi-Fi 5 access point. So it's not going to really compare to the access points of today. I recently got an ingenious access point. I probably haven't mentioned it much in the shows or when I've been talking to people, but I have been I've been testing ingenious switches, mainly because they've been available during COVID and my other providers have not. So I started looking into the ingenious switches. They are pretty good PoE switches. They have all the features that I have needed in layer two, uh, fully PoE. I don't even think they have a non-PoE model. And they come in 8, 24, and 48 ports. And so that has been fine for my customers. But I decided, let me try one of their access points. And the reason I did that was because Ruckus has not been shipping access points. I have an access point job for a client that I ordered back in the beginning of November. And I only ordered six, but they have not been in stock and they probably will not be in stock for another month or two. And they keep pushing it back. In fact, I looked at my uh, distributor dashboard uh, this morning. Cenex is who I'm purchasing them for. And there are 3,500 Ruckus access points on back order. So they are well, well behind. So I started looking at some of these others. I've purchased some used ones off of eBay, but that's really not what I want to do. So then I decided to set up the Ingenious. Now, what I will show you is the the couple of tests that I do with the Etherscope. 
And I'm going to show you, let me pull up this uh, screen here. So you may not be able to see this great if you are watching or going back on the video. But one of the things that the Etherscope does is you can set up individual tests, just like you can for network testing and all of that. But you can have it set up to where it will connect to the network, do a quick scan, and then, of course, send a notification email. So what I'm going to show you is the three emails that I did using the access points that I have set up here in my office. And, of course, the first one I mentioned is the ruckus. And, of course, it is a few years old. And in this particular mode, it's only set up with the B, G, and N wireless mode. So it's not even set up for the, for the AC uh, or AX. But what I have done is over the years in my office, we are in a concrete building, like a lot of buildings down here in South Florida because of hurricanes. We are having a huge issue with wireless because wireless doesn't go through concrete buildings very well. And it's concrete with rebarb or rhubarb. I don't know how you say it, but the steel things. So a lot of buildings down here, the Wi-Fi doesn't carry very far. And one of the reasons that I went to Ruckus years ago was because I could get performance on a ruckus out at the outer edges for a a bigger radius than I could with any of the other access points. And at the time, that included Meraki, uh, that included the Arubas, and some other access points. But I could put ruckus in, and they would maintain a connection, and they would work very well in dense environments. So if I had... 50, 60, 70 people that needed to access the wireless network, they could get on and connect, whereas a lot of the other devices could not. So I always judge everything by by Ruckus. Ruckus is my technically best in class, although I still use the Datto Wi-Fi networking devices, although I may not. I heard a rumor that they're going away with that, but we will see. So here is the first test that I did with my ruckus. And in my office, I put all three access points basically right next to each other. They are kind of behind my main front entrance. We have a lobby area, and then behind it is kind of like the kitchenette bathroom area. And then my office is basically two walls away from that. So I do a test at my office, and then I walk outside. And I walk out to the end of my parking lot. So it's probably only about 75 feet, maybe. And I do these tests from the edge of my parking lot. And so this, what you see on the screen, is the first test with ruckus. And you can see the signal strength is minus 73, which is not good. But because it's a ruckus, at the time when I was comparing this against all the other access points, they would have a similar signal strength of 70, 60, 80, but they would not connect. The ruckus would. And so you can see that it will give me a connection. Now, it does exceed some limits because it has a lot of retries and the signal-to-noise ratio is only 20 decibels, which is not really great. But you can see because of the test, I do get connection. I get an IP address. I can connect to the DNS. I can connect to the gateway, and then I get 
a test out to the internet. But you see that it gives me a little yellow in terms of the link in the test because it says, well, it works, but it's not really great. So that was the first one that I did. The second one that I did was with that ingenious access point that I got. And I believe that model is a 3557. I'll have to go back and look and see. Now, what I did not tell you on the ruckus is that the actual speed at that link was only 52 megabits per second. So, yes, it connects. Yes, it's, you know, okay, but not great. The Ingenious connected. It had a signal ratio of a 67 with a signal-to-noise ratio of 26, so a little bit better. But the speed at that connection was 208 megabits per second. And that was much better. Now, again, the Ingenious is a Wi-Fi 6 access point. The Ruckus is a Wi-Fi 5. So you're going to get a much better signal strength, signal-to-noise ratio on Wi-Fi 6s over Wi-Fi 5 devices. And you can see I have it set up with AC and AX as well. And then we get to the Synology that I set up. And the Synology shows green across all tests and gives me a signal strength of minus 60 with a signal-to-noise ratio of 32. And the speed test it at 324 megabits per second. Now, of course, it can go much higher. I think my speed is 400. I don't know what my speed is. Comcast, you know, they claim it would be a gigabit, but it never is. But the Synology RT2600 outperformed the other two access points that I have here. So for right now, I'm leaving the Synology in my office until I take it home at a later date and set it up as a true router. And then I'll obviously do much more in terms of reviewing that there. So that's the first test that I do. And then the actual other test that I do is there is a a set of performance tests that you can do in the Etherscope. And as I scramble to get to that screen there, I'm going to pull this up and it's going to be a little difficult to see, but I'm going to bring this up. And if you're watching, you can, you can see here, let me share this screen. I'm going to share. So here is the first photo here. And this is, it's going to be a little fuzzy, but the net ally will do what I showed you about, you know, the signal strength and it gives you a performance meter of how it does. It tells you if it's roaming. It tells you which channel. It tells you the utilization that's happening on the channel. And then the retries are obviously what you don't want, but it shows you how many times there was a retry and what the connection rate actually is. And again, that is the speed at which you're actually able to do stuff there. So that is the Ingenious. Now let me show you the Ruckus. And I will stop this screen and pull up the Ruckus. And sorry that I'm not, again, don't have this two set on there. But there is the Ruckus screen. And if you can see a little bit, 
the roaming scans, it actually had to roam three times when it was trying to make that connection, which is not so good. The signal strength was, again, that minus 72 that I told you about. And in this particular test, it actually shows the signal-to-noise ratio at averaging only 18. So not good at all. The retries were, were very high at 1.114. And the transmission rate you see, even though it maxed out at 117, it averaged 59. So not really good uh, performance there. And then let me show you the last one, which is the, stop that screen, which is the Synology. And again, I think you're going to be quite surprised at the Synology screen. You'll see that, uh, again, no roaming, and it picked up channel 2, and the signal-to-noise strength averaged 61. The signal-to-noise ratio was 29, and the retries, even though it had some, remember, we're 75 yards or feet out to the street through a couple of concrete walls, and the transmission rate that you can see that it connected to averaged 346. So all pretty good with the Synology. So that is pretty much my quick review of that. And let me get to the chat here. I saw there were a couple of questions. Chris asked, did you leave Arachnus switches? So Arachnus has been my go-to switch for the last few years uh, from a company called, they are now Snap One. They used to be called Snap AV. Previously, IL8, they got purchased by Snap, blah, blah, blah. And the short answer is I will be leaving Arachnus. They they make a good product, but their pricing is starting to get a little high. Their stock levels are getting a little low. And like I said, the Ingenious switches have been pretty much available. Even though I do get them through Cinex, because I get a little bit of a margin. It's not a lot, but... It's something keeps my distributor happy. You can also get them through Amazon if you must. And if you do, use my link and let me make a dollar. So that was the question there. All right. For those of you that are regular listeners and watchers of the show, I want to say a big thank you to folks that joined me last week. I did not do a live show last week. Instead, I held an Uncle Marv mini Zoom and just kind of invited listeners and friends to come and chat, and we could talk about anything that you wanted. It could have been about the podcast, could have been about work. We ended up talking about Florida Man and gun control and a whole bunch of other stuff, but we did have some good discussions uh, that revolved around um, some business stuff. And those are not going to be recorded or aired. It's just a time to hang out and chat and do whatever we want. So I think there were five of us, and we went for almost three hours. So it was a very good time, and I want to thank you all for that. We will be doing those more often, so be on the lookout for the next one and it'll just be the uncle marv podcast mixer where we'll just hang out and chat and it's not recorded not on air it's just a little time to chat about whatever you want um let's see here backup company oh uh, yes so i have been saving this 
because, as a matter of fact, Chris, I might be meeting them next week. Next week, there is a big MSP Expo here in Fort Lauderdale, and it is happening uh, Tuesday through Friday at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. Um, There are tons of vendors that are going to be here, and... In the chat, I was asked about the backup company because I have been asking questions behind the scenes for over a month now about a company called Red Store. Red Store is a company that contacted me probably six weeks ago now. And, you know, the typical cold call into my office and my gatekeeper was out that day. So I picked up the phone and... The person introduced themselves and said, yeah, from a company called Red Store, have you heard of us? And I was like, no. Oh, yeah, we are a premier backup service provider, blah, 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 and went through the whole spiel. And and I told them, I said, well, here's what I propose, because I'm not going to use you, but I have a podcast, and if you'd be willing to get a marketing person or a PR person or somebody technical that wants to come on the podcast and talk, I'd be happy to have you on the show. I'm sure that there are people out there in the community that, you know, use you, would love to use you and give you a try and maybe not be happy with who their current provider is. I don't make a change in my stack except for one time a year. I That's not this time. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll do that, and did not hear back from them. So I reached out to some people and asked if anybody had heard of them. A few people have. Not really much to say. I did find out that they are a company that has been around for a while, and they are actually out of England, out of the U.K. So they are making the move into the United States, and they are they are showing up everywhere. They are at a ton of conferences. And they will be here in Fort Lauderdale next week. So I might run up to their booth and say hello to them. But the reason I was asked is because (laughs) one of the listeners had reached out and said, oh, yeah, Uh, they emailed me or something, and I asked them to give me a call. Um, I think maybe he went to the web page and signed up, and no call, no email, no acknowledgement, no nothing. And I was like, okay, well, that's not good. And it just so happened that last week they called me back again. It was a different person. And I told them the story that, hey, I already spoke to you. And this is what I offered. And I told him the same thing. I'm not going to be switching my backup provider. And of course he's like, oh, well, who do you use? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. But Datto is their name. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. And I said, you know, look, if you're willing to get somebody to talk to me or whatever, and he goes, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then probably five minutes later, I got a request for connection on LinkedIn. And I said, oh, well, maybe they're going to, you know, do something. So I accepted, but I haven't heard anything then or since. In the meantime, the listener that told me that they had reached out to them said, oh, yeah, they finally called. And as we were chatting and I was laughing at them, they hung up and I said, well, that's not good. Uh, So he and I need to get back to find out the rest of the story because apparently uh, he received another email 
and I, I don't know if he ever got contacted in terms of setting up a demo or or anything like that. And I really have not had any other contact. The person that became a I don't know what LinkedIn is called. It's not friend, but that became a connection on LinkedIn. I never received an email. I never received anything saying, "Hey, thank you for talking." Yes, we lo- you know nothing. So I don't know what that's going to amount to, but I will uh, walk up to their booth and see what they're about. And again, I, I don't know much about them. I don't want to say anything really good or bad, but I'm just talking about my experience. This is what happened. They called me and I, you know, vendors call all the time and I tell them, look, I'm not changing my stack right now. If you want to get yourself in the window that I look to make a change, that's great. In the meantime, I have a podcast. You can get exposure. You know, most of the time they don't need that if they've been in the channel for a while. But for a company like Red Store, who, when I put out the the ask about, hey, anybody of you heard of Red Store? I think two people said they'd heard of them. So there is a an image opportunity that they have, but we'll see where that goes. I also want to share real quick, I've been telling you guys about my joy with Intuit and how I could not download payments for almost a month because they couldn't change their default internet browser and how they tried to weasel me out of some more money for their annual subscription. Well, I received an email again on Monday from Intuit QuickBooks and the subject was potential security risk due to end of support for your QuickBooks desktop browser. As of June 15th, 2022, Microsoft will be ending support for Internet Explorer 11, which is the default browser in your version of QuickBooks desktop. Now I'm going to stop right there. So I am on QuickBooks Pro Premier 2022. Internet Explorer has been dying for what, almost... 10 years, at least five years. And Intuit has had all this time to change to Microsoft's new browser Edge, which is, I mean, it's it's solid. It works. I don't prefer it, but if you're going to go with Microsoft, why not go from Internet Explorer to Edge years ago, as Microsoft's been telling you to do? Firefox has been around Chrome has been around and you're going to send me an email two days before the death of internet explorer to say it is still your default browser. It's not my problem. I don't set the browser inside of uh, QuickBooks. And for those of you that still use QuickBooks, especially for those of you that don't use QuickBooks, there's nowhere to set the browser. That's not us. When you go to click on something to go to your merchant center or to go to your QuickBooks account, it just opens up inside of QuickBooks. There's no browser that actually comes up. So the fact that they can't change their own default browser, it's their issue. So why send me an email a month after you screwed up my payments, two days before the death, to say that this may introduce a future security vulnerability to your QuickBooks desktop. Well, you know what? Fix it. To receive future security updates, we recommend that you update your product to use our new internal browser. 
Now, they don't tell you what the internal browser is. They just stick a little numerical, what, whatever those things are, where you click down to see the notes at the bottom of the page, and it says this custom browser will only be supported in QuickBooks Desktop Pro Premier Enterprise Accountant 2020, 2021, and 2022 versions. They don't even tell you what the browser is. Again, if you're not going to tell me anything substantial, then don't tell me. Just fix it. For more information about this, please visit this page. I don't want to visit the page, and I didn't. And so then, of course, they say, what do I need to do? Update to the latest release of QuickBooks Desktop Premier Plus to use our new supported internal browser to receive future security patches. And again, they have that little stupid two thing which takes you back to the same place that says this custom browser will only be support, you know, whatever. That's just annoying. And uh, (laughs) I see Chad, we have a client. This is a message in the chat from my buddy, Chad. Hey, Chad, stick around because I have a great Florida man story for you. Uh, We have a client who has a bank check scanner. That's yes. Yes. The Panini scanners. Half of the Panini scanners still only work in Internet Explorer. Ah, but the default browser would be hilarious. Haven't seen that, heard that for years. Yeah. QuickBooks, Intuit, I mean, Intuit, they're buying 100 companies a year. I mean, just put one guy or one gal in your tech department on figuring out how to change the default browser in the background for us. That's what I suggest. Okay. And let's see. That's an email I don't need to read. And I have one other thing, but before I do that, let me show some love to my sponsors. And again, just say that this show is brought to you by NetAlly. And if you're watching the screen there, there is their lovely logo. Head over to NetAlly.com. And get your handheld wireless and Wi-Fi tester. They have been providing, been providing for 25 years the standard for portable network analysis tools. And you've heard me talk about the Link Sprinter, the Link Runner, the AirChat, and now the Etherscope NHG. These are awesome tools that I think just about every network technician should have in their tool bag. And... Our live show sponsor, as I mentioned, Computers Done Right, managed service provider in Southwest Florida, right across Alligator Alley, that provides 24-hour monitoring, managing, and problem resolution for IT systems within your business, and also websites and social media marketing. So again, thank you to my sponsors. And... The last thing for tonight is our Florida man story of the week. And first I want to share with you some headlines that were in potential for this week's Florida man story. Since I closed browsers to bring up those Synology pictures, I'll just read some of the headlines here. South Florida man who gave hush money to girls for sex gets 40 years for child porn. South Florida man says he purposely hit Trooper's Cruiser so that he could be taken to jail. 
Florida man sets stranger's house on fire. And these are all dated today, folks. These are, these are current stories. Um, Florida man busted fleeing to Cuba in jet ski with food and water. Florida man accused of carjacking street sweeper tackled into muddy ditch during police chase. Now, that one was yesterday. So those are your Florida man stories headline. But let me pull up this very special story. And Chad, if you are watching, I think you're going to love this. Let me get over to that. And this is going to be a video that has to be shared. And for the most part, let me set this up here real quick, because what you're going to see, folks, is somebody that is filming an alligator up close and personal. Now, needless to say, I don't think I would get that close to the gator. But, oh, did you see it? The gator lunged out of the water at the man and is now sitting at the (laughs) edge of the swamp or canal or whatever that was that uh, (laughs) that they were at. And, again, just to show you real quick the video, and I will put the link to the video on the channel here. This is on the YouTube. And just absolutely amazing that... Um, this person, so they were taking photos and videos. Oh, this was in a pond at a public park. So you don't have to go to the Everglades or out to a canal to do it. This was in a public park. And the person who did it, this is not a Floridian name, Foster Thorburnson. And this is in Largo, Florida. And Thorburnson apparently has seen a lot of gators because he he quotes... He was the biggest alligator I've seen in the wild. So, very interesting. So, Chad, there is your Florida Man story with video for this week. And uh, hope you enjoyed that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the show tonight. Uh, I see that there are some people in the chat and some others here. I'm going to end off the show here, and we will be back. Wednesday night next week, as we are most Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you are new to the podcast, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com, and that is where you can find older shows. You can learn about the podcast. You can click the follow button in the top right and figure out which podcatcher you want to listen to the show on if you are doing an audio. You can also subscribe on YouTube or the Facebook. We also periodically do shows on LinkedIn, so sometimes we'll be on there. But not every show is appropriate for LinkedIn, so that's why I'm not going to tell you to subscribe there. But if you happen to catch us there, yes, we will be doing shows on LinkedIn. And we will also be doing other things like some giveaways. I've got those coming up. We are gearing up for the Summer Tech Series where we will be interviewing techs, managed service providers, and IT professionals across the country in our summer series, and that's going to be all techs all summer. We do have, as I mentioned, some audio podcasts that are going to be coming up. I've got a very special Synology series that will be coming up that may be spinning off into its own segment, or the plan was to do its own show, but I just don't know if I have enough time to do that, but we shall see. And uh, that's about it. So and hope you enjoyed the show. And again, check us out next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. 
Eastern, not Central or Mountain, but Eastern, because I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, folks, the home of the B Studios for the IT Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this, and that's going to do it. So, sorry, I'm checking the monitor here to see if there's anything else I didn't leave out, but if I did, too bad. That's going to do it. We'll see you all later, and until next time, holla.